patients and families are Stoughton Hospital's number one priority. To provide trusted health information to our patients and community, we present Stoughton Hospital Health Talk with Melanie Cole. Sinus surgery has truly evolved over the years. With recent advances in technology, sinus surgery has become much less invasive and much more high-tech. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Lyon. He's board-certified otolaryngologist at Stoughton Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lyon. Tell us about sinus surgery. What are the most common reasons for someone to consider sinus surgery? Well, there are a number of reasons for people to have sinus surgery, and they, they include Things like recurrent infections, difficulty breathing through the nose, having uh, chronic sinus drainage, and uh, difficulty with the scent smell. And these are the sorts of things that, that people tend to come and present with. And once we, once we make a diagnosis that confirms the, uh, the underlying problem and, tries, and works to differentiate a sinus problem from a nasal problem and understand what the contributors are for the, to their symptoms, then we can go ahead and talk about what the best approach to management is. Now, sinus surgery, as you mentioned, has come a long way. I have people that come in frequently and talk about their aunt or their uncle or their neighbor or relative who had sinus surgery in years past, and that's a different, that's a different beast by and large. These days, uh, we, have, we have made significant improvements. And for instance, packing, which has been one of the dreaded problems that keeps people from even coming in sometimes, to see an otolaryngologist has been something that, that I've virtually eliminated from the sinus surgery that I do at this point. So the thoughts about having packing this in for a day or two days or, you know, sometimes several days is something that is no longer a part of the surgery that I include for sinus surgery. Then there are other developments that include uh, things like stents that can be placed into the sinus that are uh, analogous to stents that are placed in the heart and, and can hold various parts of the operated sinuses open and deliver medication to those local areas so that we can work to reduce the amount of inflammation or swelling and damage to the sinus linings and allow them to recover. And it's that recovery of the lining of the sinuses and the nose and the mucous membrane following surgery that we work to develop and maintain because that's really the key to overcoming the symptoms that people are bothered by so much when it comes to their nose and their sinuses. So what treatments do you try, Dr. Lyon, before you do an endoscopic sinus surgery? Are there some first line of defense if someone comes in and they've got rhinosinusitis or they've got, um, you know, chronic sinus problems and as some of the symptoms you described, what do you try first? Because people hear about steroids and nasal and, you know, all kinds of things. Well, again, much of that comes down to the specifics for the individual, but among those things, and one thing that is that is actually not a recent development, but has been a recently refined uh, approach, is the use of nasal saline irrigation. And there are irrigators that are available now that can help us manage these things up front, and hopefully, in, 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 in many uh, in many patients, have them treat their symptoms effectively without the use, essentially, of nasal steroids, reducing the need for things like antihistamines, because the irrigation is capable of rinsing out the things that tend to irritate the nose, but also it's capable of rinsing out the things that 
body produces, mostly the immune system, produces and releases into your nose that causes uh, much of the symptoms and, and problems and damage inside the nose. So irrigation, it sounds like an older uh, older approach, but has lots of refinements that make it simpler, easier, more comfortable, and it remains uh, a very effective approach. And sometimes we will add medication to that irrigation so that that can get up into the little nooks and crannies inside the sinuses. Of course, nasal steroid sprays are very common. And those are very important parts of management of many nasal sinus allergy type problems um, because they also reduce the inflammation. But the problem with nasal steroids is that they're not really removing the trigger um, from the nose, whatever is breathed in to cause irritation. They're just working to reduce the body's response to that, which is which is important and which is important in relief of symptoms. Uh, one of the things that I find is that uh, people don't always use those sprays uh, properly. And so we try and re-educate people in, in properly uh, putting the spray into their nose and, and um, aiming it properly and not sniffing it all into the throat, but working it back and forth uh, after they inhale the spray so that it stays in the nose and does its job where it's needed. Dr. Lyon, people think of sinus surgery and they think of very uncomfortable, painful type surgeries. Do you use anesthetic? Do we feel you going in through our nose? Because most surgeries people think of, they're they're out for them. But are people in twilight? Is there anesthetic used? Are we feeling what you're doing? Absolutely not. The vast majority of patients who have sinus surgery are under anesthetic, both um, local anesthetic which we use to make it so that they don't feel what's going on in the nose, even if they were awake, and a general anesthetic so that they're actually sleeping in addition during the procedure. So they have no awareness that anything is going on. And um, adding the local anesthetic that we use allows the anesthesiologist to not have to give them quite so much general anesthetic medication because we can make it so that, that uh, the anesthesia is lighter and uh, the anesthesia people and the surgeon will know that the patient won't be feeling anything because we've numbed up all the sinuses in the inside of the nose. So it's the surgery itself um, is something that the patient doesn't have to worry about in terms of comfort because they don't feel or recall any of that going on. And the post-op care, which is something um, that has been uh, a source of discomfort uh, for patients in the past, has really, I think, a long way because of the use of nasal irrigation after the surgery, but also the when I when I was able to remove packing from my uh, approach to doing sinus surgery, it made a gigantic change because people understood that having packing in your nose after surgery is the most uncomfortable part of the Absolutely. Surgery. That's what so many people hear and think about now. So is in general, and we only have a few minutes left, in general, are these surgeries a permanent solution if you go in and open up the sinuses? And I know it depends on the type of surgery you do, but is it something that generally needs to be redone at some point later down the line? That is a very good question. And the answer is that the durability of Sinus surgery's effect has to do with two things. It has to do with the severity of the underlying problem, and it has to do with the, with the way that that patient's nose and sinuses are managed after the surgery. For people who have more significant damage and inflammation and swelling to the lining of the sinuses and the nasal cavity, if they maintain the nasal 
variations at, at a level that we determine by looking in the nose that's appropriate for the underlying problem, then we can maintain those people in a way that we've really never been able to do in the past by not only fixing the issues surgically, but maintaining those so they get excellent long-term control of that underlying disease. If patients have severe disease and they expect that the surgery alone is going to give them a permanent fix, then it's more likely that they're going to have to have repeat procedures because there are there are two aspects, really two basic aspects to managing these things successfully. One is creating the surgical access and the surgical drainage, and the second one is managing what is really a medical problem, which is the body's immune response in the nose that causes the inflammation that essentially leads to the abnormal mucus production, the recurrent infections, the headaches, the stuffiness, really all the things that we come to know as uh, chronic sinusitis and nasal and sinus problems. So in just the last minute here, tell patients and listeners really your best advice about your sinuses and why they should come to Stoughton Hospital for their care. The first and most important thing is to make sure that they have the proper diagnosis. Many people have a label of sinus problems, but it, 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 it um, is much more difficult than you might think to establish whether the problem is primarily a nasal problem or a sinus problem or simple headaches or, uh, or a variety of other issues. And so first we work through the diagnosis and understanding the diagnosis because it doesn't matter how success, how good the surgery is or how good the treatment is, because if it's being given for the wrong diagnosis, you don't feel better. So part of the reason that people have ongoing symptoms is because the underlying problem isn't well understood. We start by trying to understand what the underlying problem is, what the contributors are to that problem, and then come up with a management plan to address each of those problems. That, that's really the key. And then plugging them into whatever the treatment's going to be. For some people, surgery will be necessary. For many people, there are other ways of managing it that will uh, successfully address the problem. And if it's not a chronic sinus problem or if it's not a, an identifiable nasal problem, we can frequently under, identify what the problem is and, and direct them to treatment that can give them relief of what their actual underlying problem is. And so really, that, that getting, the di- getting into an expert, getting the proper diagnosis, getting a plan, that's really the most important first step to getting care and getting the, the effective treatment. Thank you so much. You're listening to Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to stoughtonhospital.com. That's stoughtonhospital.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.